Welcome to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. We want to encourage, equip, and connect those with a passion to impact the next generation for Jesus Christ. Student ministry can be a lonely place. You might even feel like you're the only one in your church or community that cares about students. Well, know this, you're not alone. People all across the country are engaging Gen Z and care deeply about the spiritual direction of these young men and women. Whether you're full-time, part-time, bivocational, or volunteer, if you have a heart for students, this is the place for you. Welcome back to the Student Ministry Matters Podcast. I'm Dan Carson, and I have with me my friend, Chris Vines. Hey, Dan. Hey, Chris. It has been... Well, it's been a week since we got back from the national meeting of the Baptist Missionary Association of America. Man, that's a mouthful. But that's our tribe. That's who we network with. And there's a lot of good things about those meetings. I think one of the best for me is that I love seeing my friends that I either met at college or seminary or have connected with over 30 years of marriage, not marriage, 30 years of ministry. I'll get that out. I am about to hit my 30th year of marriage this May, and goodness, that's a long time, but that's a whole nother podcast and a whole nother story. So Chris, I saw you there. We didn't get to connect much, uh, but there's a bunch of people. Um, What did you enjoy about the meeting? Man, I tell you, I always enjoy the food. I just love, I love getting to go to new restaurants. Oh, (laughs) you know, Living down in Hope, we we don't have very much down here. Now, I'm thankful for what we do have, and what we do have is unique to us in some ways. But, you know, just like in, in a lot of small towns, things just kind of get old. And so, yeah, I like going to new restaurants, and I like coffee shops. So, But I, I should probably also say that I like seeing people, too. Um, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of cool as well. You know, I get to see people that I haven't seen in a while. No, hey, in all seriousness, I do I do enjoy the food, but I enjoy the food all the more with the people that, you know, are sitting across the table. And so it's, it's a great time where I get to connect with some people and some friends that haven't seen in a long time. Like you said, guys that I went to college with, uh, guys that I still, you know, text and, and talk to on a regular basis, but we don't get to see each other face to face very often. And so it's always fun to um, to be able to, to do that and to truly associate in that way. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Yeah. It is good. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I enjoy, I enjoy that. I, you know, I'm always looking for a new place to eat like you are. I mean, I'm up here in Northwest Arkansas, which has just about everything you could think of. But I found a new place, Hideaway Pizza in Conway. Mm. Um, it was pretty good. And we had a chance to even have a spiritual conversation with our waitress. A lot of fun. Um, hung out with some guys, got to know some new guys from Camden, Arkansas, and a few other places. And so, yeah, love those meetings. One of the fun things about the meetings, and this meeting in particular, since it was in Conway, Arkansas, is we had the chance to be on the campus of Antioch Baptist Church and then also our college, which is Central Baptist College. Central Baptist College is our podcast partner, and we just love their connection to our ministry. And we'd encourage you to have your students check out CBC. It's challenging, engaging, and inspiring. And most recently, they have created some new degrees that are kind of up the alley of those wanting to enter ministry. They're kind of, they're called co-vocational, meaning at the end of your time there, you'll have two bachelor degrees, one in ministry and then one in some different areas. I think business is one of them. Um, communications is another. 
And you can find out more at their website, cbc.edu. But it's something they're excited about and helping ministry people who are serving in the small to mid-sized church. And they may have to take on a second job, a second role and be bivocational, whether it's for a short time or a long time. I love uh, what they're thinking about there at CBC. So have them check it out. Well, on today's podcast, we're talking about something that many of us don't like to do, but it's kind of one of those necessary evils when it comes to student ministry, especially in the small to mid-sized church. For many of us, we don't have a monthly budget that can fix and do everything that we want to do. You know, I think about if money was no object, where would I take my students? What would we do? We would go to all sorts of places. We'd always go on a mission trip. We'd always go to the the best camp, the best conference. But guess what? Money is an object that we have to deal with. And so we want to talk about some of those things when it comes to fundraising. Chris, what has been your relationship with fundraising over the years? Like you said, we have to do it in some ways. Um, Yeah. But I want to I want to be careful kind of how I say that, because even as I say that, um, I almost feel like I put myself in a in a victim type mentality where I say, well, I'm just a victim of the circumstance and this is just how it is. And I, I don't know if that's quite the quite the thing. Here, here's the way I think about fundraisers. And, and this will I know we're going to get into some things, but they are in one sense necessary in order to fund the going and the doing of just, you know, the, the things that we do in student ministry, whether it be camp or conference or mission trip, all those kind of things. But I, but I think that if we limit our perspective to fundraisers to simply lobbying for dollars in order to fund, you know, the wheels turning on the bus, so to speak, then we actually miss uh, a real opportunity of blessing for our students and for our church. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I, I think I think we'll get to unwrap what I mean there in, in the, the minutes ahead. But yeah, my relationship with fundraising, I would say has changed in the last few years in terms of just how we do it and how we how I think about it. And that's a great, great insight there, Chris. Um, there's some positives to fundraising, some things that really are beneficial to your students, to your congregation, to the whole work. I mean, you you touched on it, but this idea that people fund vision over funding things. And so as we're able to share with our congregation, here's what we want to see happen with our students. We want to see them grow. This camp, this conference, this mission trip, those are designed for those opportunities. So it gives us a platform to talk to our congregation about what's going on in our student ministry. And that may seem almost too expansive or too big of a concept when we're talking about fundraising, but it's the reality. And so, Chris, what are some of those good things that you think about when it comes to fundraising? I think that when we fundraise to our church, with within our church, then we have an opportunity there to put on display. Uh, how do I want to say this? We, we get to put on display what God is doing within student ministry, but we get to see generations collide. Um, mm, we, we get yeah. to see uh, a true helping and and I think a togetherness within the church. And so that's why when it comes to fundraising, I, I don't like, I'll just go ahead and say this here. I don't like just doing things to the mass public, trying to get money from anybody and everybody. So for instance, you know, a car wash, 
I think car washes are fine. I don't mind car washes. I've done car washes and that's, you know, a good idea. But going and standing on a street corner and being in the middle of our community and trying to get just random dollars from random people that don't know us and we don't know them. And and yeah, we're washing their car. And I know that we can talk all day long about how it's an evangelistic way of doing things. And, and that's fine. I can get all behind that. But where where I I would say we we miss something when that's the kind of fundraising that we do is is we miss the the part within our own faith family of getting of having other people um, that are connected uh, maybe not even through you know uh, flesh and blood but connected in the spirit and unity of our church getting them connected to blessing and serving other families within our church. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so in other words, it's not just a matter of, Hey, we'll wash your car. You give us a 10, give us $10, uh, and we'll thank you very much for it. And it's just, just this kind of exchange. Um, there's a matter of, uh, I think a real opportunity to, to help our, our people in our churches see an investment being made within the, the lives of, the people and the families that we worship with on a regular basis. So I hope that makes sense. Uh, do I need to clarify any of that? Cause I, again, that kind of just rolled out. No, not at all. I, I, I love the direction of, of what you're thinking because I prefer most of our actual fundraising to occur within the walls of the church. Mm-hmm. This uh, connects, as you said, connects your students with those older Older church members that maybe may, they may not talk that much with their students, but they love them. They love seeing the energy of what's happening. Now, if your student ministry is just happening on Wednesday nights and those kids aren't coming on Sundays, that's a little bit harder um, to fund because they don't see that connection happening. But I, I, like I said, I love seeing that. What The car wash is definitely one thing I want to talk about. We'll talk about that in just a minute, about a way to make that more about your people, and then serving your community than the other. But what are some negatives, some things that that you struggle with when it comes to, to fundraising? I mean, that's a good question. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's necessarily a negative as much as it's, you know, a personal, this is just something, part of my personality in that I find it sometimes hard to, to ask for money. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's, but that, that again, that that's changed even in my personality over the last decade of doing ministry, um, because of how I view, you know, what we're doing. Like what, right, what you know. In right. other words, I'm not just asking for money so that they can fund what Chris is doing in the student ministry. You know, there's there's more to it than that. And I think when I first started in student ministry, I kind of, I kind of, you know, was just thinking simply, hey, here's my summer schedule. Here's where I want to take these kids and you can, you can hear my voice, my and I, and just kind of all of this. And, and so now, and then I think, okay, well, I've got this much in my budget. Uh, How am I going to fix this? Oh, well, we better have a a fundraiser so that all the people in the church can fund what I have laid out for everybody to do. And, um, and, and that just, that, that put me in kind of a, uh, I wouldn't say a negative spot, but just not in a, a great spot early on. And I'm thankful that I had wise counsel around me to just kind of begin to steer me in a different way of thinking about how to ask for money, why why even ask for it, all this kind of thing. And so, yeah, I think in, in, in to answer your question, what can become a negative is if when we think about fundraising, if, if all we're thinking about is 
how we can fund the the little plans that we have put together and and it just simply be that then that will be a negative but if we if we see that the things that our students and our families are getting to take part in and do on a regular basis throughout the year uh, and we and we truly know the the value of that, right? Then the fundraising actually begins to become an invitation to other people, right? And and people within our church to be a part of that and to help uh, send and 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 do some really cool things in the lives of of our families. You know, one of the things that. I don't remember when I heard him say this, but uh, you know, it's one of those things that Donnie Parrish has said over the years. And for listeners who don't know Donnie, Donnie has kind of been the mainstay, the grand poopah of youth, youth ministry over the years in our work. But he, he said, I, I never have trouble asking for money because it's not for me. It's for the ministry. It's, it's for that. And when you get to that point, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, I'm not asking for me. I mean, I'm, I'm going or not going, whatever, but I'm asking for these students and for the impact that it can have on them. That's a right. mission trip, man, can be life altering for a student when they see the reality of God's work in the world or that one conference can be a big moment, a milestone in their life where they realized, hey, God wants me to be something more than just, well, in my case, to be more than just a photographer. That was going to be, that was my dream. That was where I was headed. And then all of a sudden I go to a conference called Encounter back in 1989, way back in the 1900s. Went back and realized that um, God wanted a bigger part in my life than, than what doing, being a photographer could be. And so, yeah, I love that. It can be a negative, especially in those early years when you're thinking I, my, me. Uh, But boy, uh, fundraising has a greater potential to to impact your congregation, um, knowing what you're really asking money for. You know, and and I think for those of us that in the small to mid-sized church that see these churches with larger budgets, we're sometimes a little jealous. I know I am um, realizing, oh, that church can get a charter bus or that, that church has the rich kids because they're all there together and they can pay more. Whereas I have students and, and have had students that couldn't pay a dime. I mean, it was like it was all they could do was to get get to school and, you know, maybe get their lunch. But there might even been on assisted lunch program. Um, and so it, it's always kind of hard. Um, but but fundraising is a part of what we do. It's not something we get trained for. I don't. I don't know about you, Chris, but I don't remember a time at at college or seminary where they said, "Here's how you fundraise." Yeah, no, uh, I don't remember. I don't remember doing any of that. You just kind of, you just you go with it, you know. And I think, I mean, some people are just better at asking for money than others. I oh, mean, yeah. I think God has wired us all differently, you know. Um, and 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 I think that's that's great. I, again, I, I don't think that we. I, I do think that we can grow into that. <clears throat> but you know, you mentioned Donnie. You know, one of Donnie's favorite lines, or at least one that's most memorable to me, that he'll he'll yell out at people is you know, especially the teenagers about their money when he's trying to get people to give, you know, he'll say, he'll say something like this, you know, you're going to do something stupid with it anyway. So you might as well just give it to the Lord. Right. (laughs) And, uh, and I've just always appreciated that. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know, and I'd, I'd be lying if I said that I didn't, I didn't use a similar line or just take those words right out of his mouth. And I, you know, I give him credit for it, 
but I mean, it's real. I mean, it's true. You know, I mean, we, we do, we, we, there's, there's people who are just, I think naturally more inclined to, uh, feel comfortable about asking for money mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Um, I know for, for myself, it's been, it's been a harder thing, but I think what helps in all this and kind of what we're getting at is, you know, the things that we ask people to, to help fund, I mean, they need to be worth funding, Yeah, you know, yeah. They, they need to be worth. And so, and, and in other words, if, if we know that, you know, look, if I, we, we all know this as student pastors, we could fill our, our summer and our days with, uh, all sorts of fun activities, right. Doing stuff. And, and we could pawn it off as like community building and all this kind of thing. But deep down, we know that we're just trying to, we're just trying to put stuff on the calendar if we're, if we're honest about it, you know? Um, but when we start thinking about what we do, um, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, but when we start thinking about the things that we do in student ministry um, with true intentionality and, uh, and knowing that everything has a purpose and that purpose isn't always just to, fill the calendar or to have fun, but it, we're talking about a kingdom purpose behind these things. Now, all of a sudden we've got traction for a real story to be told that, mm. that we can begin to invite other people into. And so I, I love the, you know, what you said a minute ago, just in terms of conferences, I love the, the, to be able to talk about the, um, the story and the potential ripple effects that, that can be had with, with a with a teenager who goes to soar conference and and the lord just radically changes their life i mean it can change the direction of of a whole a whole family um a whole generation and and to to be able to kind of paint that that what if you know that story if you will and then to invite people to be a part of that through their giving man i mean that's that's an easy thing to do i mean when you start thinking of it that way um it becomes easier at least and i'll be honest when i start thinking about that I have no problem whatsoever going to people and saying, you know, this is an opportunity for you to really be a part of, uh, of something, something big in a student's life. And so I can get behind that. And I think other people can get behind that a lot, uh, a lot easier and a lot faster. Cause you said it a minute ago, it's vision faster than, you know, Hey, we're going to go this Saturday to a water park. Uh, we need your help to fund it. Right. right. Now, nothing wrong with water parks. <laughs> But I'm going to tell you, you know, the things, the things that we, uh, the things that I fundraise for, the things that I want to ask people for, it's, it's not stuff like that. So I want to be, you know, I I would say that that's, that's maybe if you want to say a tip or maybe just a a piece of advice from me is don't go to your church trying to get them to fund your, your trips to the water park and your trips to the, to the lake um, or all this kind of stuff. And some people may disagree with me on that, but I'm like, you know, listen, if it costs $25 to go to the water park, these kids and their families, most of them, they're going anyway, you know, and they can pay for it. (laughs) Uh, But when it comes to getting kids on the mission field, when it gets, when it comes to getting them in a room where the gospel is going to be preached and where there's real potential for them to be uh, impacted by the gospel in their lives uh, and, and to even impact others with the gospel, man, you know, let's, let's fund that. You know, one of the things that you can do, and this is an after the fact, uh, but it helps the next time you fundraise, is if your church is actively involved in that fundraising program, if they are helping in whatever way and have been funding that trip, that mission trip, that conference, that camp, is having a testimonial time for students themselves to stand before the congregation and go, 
hey, this is what was meaningful. Now, sometimes, and I've been a part of those where they just go on and the kids one after another get up there and go, I loved going to the mall. I mean, it's, and you just want to strangle them at that point. Uh, but there are some real stories. And so you can, you can have just an open mic testimonial time because parents get it. There are those that are more spiritually minded and then because you'll hear those stories and then you'll hear some of the goofy stories. Uh, but if you get them up there, maybe you create a short video with the uh, four or five best testimonies um, that again, that'll help later on in that process. Well, Chris, I think one of the things that we need to help our listeners with is just some basic ideas of fundraisers, because I know that for me along the way, I've gone, well, I'm not sure what to do. In fact, I was hit with a new fundraiser just two nights ago. (laughs) I get a call from one of my friends, their kids called me up on the phone and it was, it was a goofy phone call. I love that they did it and they're young. So they're like elementary age, but they said, um, they were trying to raise money for camp and what they did. And this is a great one, especially for those inside the church is a day of the month fundraiser, meaning you take a month and you say, Hey, we're trying to get people to give per day of the month. So as a student, you, you take May or you take, they took April and they said, Hey, we're trying to fill out the calendar. And so we need, we're trying to raise money for camp. Can you go and can you donate a dollar for the first or a dollar for, or, you know, five for the, the fifth, or I think I picked the eighth because that was one of the few days left in their fundraiser. And it was kind of a no frills fundraiser, but it was a way for those students or children even to ask for somebody to help them go to camp. And so I thought it was a neat, neat, concept, something I'd never heard of before. But man, if you could get your congregation behind that and they, you get them excited, they called me up because I was just a friend. This, this person was a part of our, our, our committee for the, the youth department for several years. And just, you know, that's, that's one of those kind of oddball things, not really oddball, but something different. And so Chris, what are some fundraisers that you guys have done over the years? Well, Dan, I mean, it's a great question. So I just, I think, you know, we've been talking about, I think, some philosophy behind fundraising. Right, right. Um, and so now we're talking about just some some practical ideas, right? Um, and I'm going to be upfront and honest. I'm, I'm not the perfect guy to ask um, because uh, I, I don't, I'm not super creative. Now, I got some ideas and I'll, I'll throw these out there. But the first thing I would probably say to our, our listening audience is, uh, or ask a question really is how many fundraisers do you really want to do? Mm, that's um, great. And so some people, some people think, okay, well, I'm going to be doing this, this, and this throughout a, a year. And so maybe I need to do three fundraisers, you know, one to fund each one of these things. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think in all of that, you also have to really consider and know um, your church. Not every church is, is, primed and ready to, to do three different fundraisers, you know? Um, and, and I think we just need to be careful how we, you know, if we're going to ask, how many times do we really want to ask? Um, and the way I think about it too, Dan, and this is, you can call this uh, selfish or, or whatever, but I just don't want to spend, I don't want to spend um, a lot of my time in a year planning fundraisers. 
I, I just don't. Sure. Uh, I'd rather I'd rather spend my time planning other things. Uh, and so with that said, I'll, I'll give you just kind of what we do right quick. We do one fundraiser a year. We do one on, on very on very rare occasions would we have more than one. Um, and, and so we do one fundraiser a year and it's in the spring. We, in fact, just finished it. Uh, it's a it's a lunch and a dessert auction. That's what we do. We've been doing that uh, since the first year I came. And I wish I could tell you that I had a 10 year plan that this would you know, be a success. But um, <laughs> I, I didn't. Uh, I just like, hey, we need to do something. This seems like it could bring in a pretty penny. People could do it. And, and so we started doing it. And so we, we just serve serve a lunch after church. Um, we do to go boxes and we've kind of got it ready to go now. We know what's up. And then we have certain people, certain ladies in our church who just are great at baking stuff. And they have certain desserts like most most people in other churches do that that are just kind of the, the famous ones that everybody wants. And uh, and we've got a, a, a deacon of ours who um, loves to be the auctioneer. And he's it's just kind of a, a spectacle to watch him do his thing. And and so it's just that's just what we do. And, um, you know, I don't you know, usually that fundraiser. It is on average, I mean, we're, we're making somewhere right around $4,000, you know, for us. So it's not like we're making just a ton of money, but we're making, you know, we're making some money there. And so what I, what that means is, you know, every kid that works that fundraiser gets a cut of that, that total. Right. And I build it into the budget that I have every year to go ahead and pay for all the overhead costs so that whatever is given on that day, there's nothing being taken out of that. It's just being divvied up to all those uh, those families that and students that are that are working that day. That's coming from, again, a desire within me to only do uh, one, maybe two fundraisers in a year. But that's that's usually what we do. And that goes to fund primarily our trip to soar every year. That's, that's what it's doing. So, um, I'm doing one. That's what we do. Now I've got some ideas, uh, about, you know, how to, you know, some other just kind of off the ball, off the wall ideas of, of fundraisers, but I'll, I'll take a breath right quick and just see what, what you think about all of that, Dan. No, I think that's a great plan because if you do too many fundraisers with your people, you tire them out. And so if you can plan one that becomes the big, I don't want to say monster fundraiser, but that, that's what it becomes. Um, that's where the bulk of your money is raised. That's that's really good. What we did at, when I was at Temple, and I haven't done it where I'm currently at, is we had something very similar. Sunday night um, towards the spring as we were gearing up for SOAR and our summer activities, we would have a big bake auction. And it would be, we called it a chef's auction because we'd have some that would, they were going to provide a brisket meal or they were going to provide some other meal. And so our people would get competitive with one another. Um, One of our men would be the auctioneer. He was funny. The whole night was just, it was a time of fellowship and people would basically come into it going, okay, well, I'm going to give, you know, $200 to the student ministry. So I'm just going to play with that and have fun. And if I get some great food, it'd be great, you know? And so it was it was a great event. That was our big one. And then we had one other for many years that was outside of our, our church. And it was something a little different. 
Um, and not everybody can do this, but here in Northwest Arkansas, we had the opportunity to work Razorback concessions at the football games. Mm, yeah. And it was a way that our students would work. So they knew they were working towards the event, mm-hmm. but they didn't have to ask any of the church members. It was just the parents and the students who would work and they would serve and they would have to work so many of those games or have them covered because some of our students were unable to work the games, but they would send somebody or somebody would work in their stead. And then that bake auction, chef's auction would become the two big things. Now we had other fundraisers, but usually they were for those going on VSM trips or just a this or that, because, you know, if somebody's going to go out for lunch, they're going to spend X amount of dollars. Then that was the easy thing to do. Said, Hey, we're providing a meal come just give what you would have spent when you go out to eat Mm -hmm. and it's a way for our students to serve. And that was it. It was a great thing. But yeah, I think you're right because we can nickel and dime our people to death and then they just will want to turn and go the other way. It's what happens in our schools because we've got students who are asking for fundraisers for their football team, volleyball, band, choir, then the school itself and People just get exhausted by all yeah. that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That's why. That's why I, I don't mind saying it. I will. I will say it right here in front of you and maybe our our you know family who's listening. I hate selling stuff. Oh, right. Yeah. I, I I mean you know the whole form. You know I hate I hate selling candles. I hate selling meat. Um, I know, I know Hill city popcorn is really good, but I would hate selling popcorn too. Um, you know, I'm just saying, I, I, I don't, I don't like, cause you're right. I mean, th- a lot of times those forms are being given out from schools and they're trying to raise money and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, what was Sally Foster used to be something, uh, that, you know, we would sell from a school. I think that, that just kind of popped in my brain, but I mean, that's just the stuff that, I mean, people are selling fudge, selling knives you know, and then on top of, you know, other people who work for Amway and they're trying to sell their thing. And, uh, <laughs> you know, so it's just like, I, I don't, I just don't like it. Yeah. I mean, and, and listen, we all know personally, like whenever, whenever somebody comes up to us with one of those forms, like I, I maybe, maybe I'm just the only, only guy who's like this, but I just kind of internally roll my eyes. I'm like, Oh man, what are they asking me to buy and what am I going to yeah. feel guilty about saying no to <laughs> and all, all this kind of thing. And normally what I do is I, I'll ask them like, Hey, what are you raising money for? And, yeah. and, you know, and if it's something and I'm like, Hey, let me just give you some money. That's what I tell them. I was yeah. like, let me just, let me just give you, I don't want any of this. Don't, don't worry about it. But you know, okay. So since we're talking about practical ideas, you know, those are some ideas. So if you're out there and you're like, Chris, I disagree with you. I, I think those are great opportunities. Well, hey, listen, do it. I don't care. Go for it. You know, um, I, I'm I'm not saying I'm the 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 uh, one to to listen to in all this. I mean, you may you may have a, a community who loves that stuff, and your church loves buying all those things throughout the year. Well, know your church and do it. I mean, that's that's fine. It's just not part of our culture. It's not something I, I enjoy. But hey, listen, I was talking to a guy the other day. Here's an idea for you. Um, this is just random. So maybe this, maybe I am a little bit more creative than I thought. But they were like, we partner with a couple of, uh, well, with one church this year um, going to SOAR. So there's, we've got, uh, you know, our local association of churches 
that are uh, that are around us. And so one of our churches down the road, it's easier for them just to come and be a part of our group when we go to SOAR. And, uh, and I love it. I love us being able to mesh that way. And so they'll be a part of our group going to SOAR. And, um, but they, they kind of do their own little fundraising kind of thing and they'll have their own sponsors and stuff. And so they were saying, well, you know, we can't decide, you know, which male sponsor is going to go, you know, this year. And I was like, well, Hey, listen, you can make this into a fundraiser. If you wanted to, you could, you could, you could sell tickets to you guys like going like mud wrestling or something. And the winner gets to be the sponsor. I mean, nobody's going to care which one goes, but everybody's going to care about seeing them wrestle in the mud, you know? <laughs> now, we may have just lost half of our listeners right there. I have no idea, but I'm like, hey, there's an idea. So It's an idea, yeah. You know, but <laughs> fundraisers, we know this, fundraisers are oftentimes uh, a, a, a reflection of the personality of the person running it. So, like, some people just want to shave their head. Let's just say it. Right. And so we've seen it with vacation Bible school or whatever. Hey, kids, if you give this much money, I'm going to shave my head or I'll get a mohawk or I'll color it, you know, whatever color. You know, those are all different ways that you can raise money. You can you can do that kind of stuff. But anyway, the ideas for 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 raising money are, uh, I guess, really kind of endless and you can have fun with it. But, uh, you know, car washes, I'm going to come I'm going to circle back to that. I've got a, I've got a particular thought on car washes, but you said you did too, and so I'm curious as to what what you think. Well, the idea of a car wash can be a great thing. Now, if you just set up at a local, I don't know, Kmart. <laughs> I don't think they exist anymore. Um, <laughs> a local <Yeah>. store. <laughs> That's one of the 1900 things. Yeah, those 1900 things. <laughs> uh, but a car wash can be a great thing. But here's how I learned to do it way back in high school band. And this was the best part is that you get sponsors per car. So you you give out to your students a form that says, okay, you're going to donate up to 100 cars. You're, that's the goal for the day. We're going to wash 100 cars. And you get your people to donate so much per car. Mm-hmm. And so that's the goal. As soon as they hit 100, everything else is just bonus. But... You, you label it as a free car wash for your community. People come in, they have the opportunity to have their car washed. Some people will still want to donate something, but you just hold up a sign that says free car wash by, you know, Calvary students or uh, Garrett Memorial or whatever it is. And you just, you show that and it's a way for your students to serve the community at large. It usually will leave a good feeling from the community and there'll be some that will give anyway. And this gives you an opportunity for your students to go to your people, say, hey, we're going to do this for the community. We're serving our community and we need you to sponsor us so that we can get to camp or we can get to soar or, you know, or whatever conference or mission trip. Yeah. And so it gets everybody involved in that process. Yeah. No, I love that. And in fact, that's that's a very similar thought. I don't think we've talked about this. And so it's kind of interesting that that's that this is where we're going. But the we've done we've done car washes before, but I. I, I like doing car washes as a thank you, right? And as just a, we just want to serve. So, Ooh. you know, and that, so like we've, uh, in fact, we'll, we'll be uh, most likely doing this uh, once the rain kind of stops and uh, it starts drying up, but we just do a true free car wash and I, I, I do not want to accept any money. And so uh, we, we give it back to the church or we tell the church like, Hey, listen, um, on this night, 
you know, we want to invite you just come get your car washed clean, you know, by the, get your car cleaned by the, by the youth group, um, as a, as a thank you for how you've given to us in the past. Um, and, uh, and how you are just, you know, a faithful, generous church. And then we, we also, you know, we, we're in a pretty public spot. And so we gather any kind of public passerby as well to, you know, and I mean, I've had people re- they like, no, you're, we're paying you. And I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> I was like, you're keeping <laughs> your money. And they, they'll start trying to shove cash at me. I'm like, listen, I'm not taking your money. I was like, if you don't want, if you want to give me money uh, or if you want to pay for your car to get washed and you go down the street, but here we just, we just want to do it. And so, um, and it's really strange to see how some people react because the public people, the people who aren't a part of the church, and even some that are, they'll say like, well, what are you raising money for? I'm like, we're not raising money. I'm like, well, why are you doing this? Just because we want to wash your car and we want to say we love you and we're thankful for you. And I mean, it's weird. I mean, because people are so often ready to say, you know, or ready to hear, hey, we're going to camp or this or that. And so would you pay for us? And listen, I'm not saying that's a bad way of making money. Do your car wash that way. That's just how how I've seen car wash, how our car wash has, has been a little different and, and how it's really a, it's a blessing to me and it seems to be a blessing to others as well. And I love seeing the students just, just serve and not have to feel obligated to say, yeah, we're, we're raising money for this or anything like that. We're just, we're just washing your car. (laughs) Mm. So that is great. And here's, here's what hopefully you've heard today, listener, is that, you have this opportunity to take something which is an old standard fundraiser, the car wash, and look at it a couple of different ways, just as a service project or as a fundraiser that gets just your church involved and then has is a community outreach component. You know, fundraisers, man, fundraisers can be a headache, but may, they can also be a blessing to your congregation and even your community if done right. Well, let me go through just a, a quick list of a few things so we've give you some practical ideas. I, I think it's important for us to think about how these work, what they're saying to our church as well as our community. But everybody needs to to know some what should I do? Maybe this is your first year in student ministry or uh, you're trying to start a student ministry. I know that we've got some listeners that are early on in those stages, so they're always trying to figure out what's next and what's best. I've got a few ideas for the meals. Meals can be done in a variety of ways. The easiest thing, if you were having a meal after the church, which after worship that we've already talked about, a pasta or a chili meal or a soup day is real easy because you can put those in crock pots and you can set them and just plug them in. And so there's not as much prep going on during the service. They're easy to serve. You get bowls out and just go with it. And you can call you know, pasta days or chili, that's something a little different. You can even make this chili thing a chili cook-off and get people involved that way and have them pay a ticket or just pay and we're going to pick a winner at the end and make it fun again for the whole congregation. One thing that we did, well, there's also Super Sunday, which is a great play on the whole Super Bowl thing, but you have soups and then you raise money. So that's it's a little on the cheesy side but we all do thin things that are a little cheesy. One, one time I decided we're just going to have stuff in a bowl. That was the name of the event. We had stuff in a bowl and our students could bring whatever they thought would be a great part of the meal, but it, it would have to go in a bowl. So there were soups, there were chilies, there were pasta. One guy brought cereal. And so, you know, it was just something fun. 
just make sure you got plenty of spoons and plenty of bowls so that people can come back and forth to those things. Yeah. Um, the, again, the meals are a great, great way to work things out. And as Chris has shared, you have the opportunity to have a meal and then maybe a dessert auction after that. Auctions are a wonderful way uh, to, to raise some money and have some fun with your congregation. As Chris has talked about, selling stuff has its own set of issues, and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and you could probably tell the way I responded while Chris was talking. I'm not a big fan of selling things anyway. It's just a headache, and a lot of the schools are working through those things in other ways. And finally, I would say look for opportunities that are outside that you can get involved in. One of the things that was brought to us, but at the time we didn't have enough parents or students to make it happen, not only was working a concession stand, but here again in Northwest Arkansas with basketball and football games, parking is is a thing that can be done. And we have a local grocery store that hires out different youth groups to to handle the parking, to coordinate it, what's going on on their parking lot, and then you know, making sure that that gets set, and then that youth group or that that church group gets the money from it. So get creative, look for different ideas, think about it, but always remember to let people know, especially in your congregation, why you're doing it, why you're being intentional about raising some money, because we have students that there's no way they could afford a big conference. They might, they may not be able to afford the food, the the registration, the lodge, any of it. And if left to their own resources, they would have to stay at home and you could only take the kids that had enough money. And that is not what we want to see happen in our student ministry. Um, because that's that issue of playing favorites and boy, that just, that's hard. So we want to work together and get our students working together so they can raise funds to greater impact for the kingdom. Anything else to add before we wrap up, Chris? I would say one thing, and this, this is a practical idea. Um, but along those same lines that you're saying, uh, is don't be afraid to go to individuals within your church and mm. express need and and ask for help. So uh, I'll give you an example, and then I'll I'll be done. Uh, this last year, this this was our this we and we've talked about this on previous episodes. Is we had a we had a retreat um, as part of our student ministry. We had we that was part of our DNA prior to COVID, and then when 2020 happened, it just kind of got derailed for a little bit. And so this year was our first year to get back. Um, into that groove, well, that costs money, you know, to get go to a location to do all of that, and so I have to charge for it. And and um, but we have we have families within our youth ministry that have three to four kids, and for, when you got one kid and it's one hundred fifty bucks, that's not too bad. But when you multiply that times three, um, right after Christmas, that becomes pretty steep. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you know. The, what I what I did was I was like, you know what? I'm not doing a fundraiser. I was like, I've got we've got men and families within our church that I want to give an opportunity to, and so I, I just simply sent them a, a message, a letter, and and I I expressed the need. I said we've got families, and I was like, would you be? And I, I did this individually. I said, would you be willing to um, to just uh, sponsor one one kid, you know, to go to to go to the retreat, and man the I think out of, I think I sent a message, an individual message to like 12, 12 men in our church um, and asked them to talk it over with their wives, pray about this before you just send something back. And, and I, I want to say that I had probably 
of those men do something. In fact, just sponsor a kid. So uh, don't be afraid to do that. Um, but it goes back to where we started. Uh, really believe in what you're you're asking them to do. In other words, I'm not going to do that just so a kid can go to a water park. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> definitely. And and uh, and I, I don't think anybody else would either. I hope, but. Um, don't be afraid to do that. So that's, that would be my final word is, you know, the big events are great and, and serving food and all that. That gets many hands uh, in the mix. But, um, man, there's there's real opportunity there to just go and ask people to be a blessing uh, to someone else. Well, and connected to what you just said, the personal ask is always better. I hate doing it because I'm an introvert and it just feels awkward. And I try to get past that and I'm trying to get past that more and more as I go. But if you had put out an email and said, Hey, I need this. You might've gotten 20% compared to 95. I mean, it's just one of those things. So that's right. Well, listen, listen, um, we, we love you guys. We're just rooting for you and for your student ministry. We know that some of these things are bigger challenges than others. Fundraising is one of those things that is a is a part of who we are. And if we look at it in the right venue and the right mindset, then it can be an opportunity for growth within our congregation and with our students. So let me encourage you to keep serving, keep loving your students, keep attending all those crazy concerts and ball games and just let your students know that they matter. And we'll keep doing all these things because student ministry matters. Thanks for listening to the Student Ministry Matters podcast. Get connected at studentministrymatters.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Student Ministry Matters. Until next time, keep up the great work with your students because the work matters.